This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Here where it says in verse 3, I think a lot of people get verse 3, but they miss verses 4 and 5. Because it says in the sheep hear his voice. In other words, Jesus is saying, my sheep will hear my voice. I think people get that, but they think in a natural sense, and they're looking for some means to hear naturally the voice of the Lord, and that never happens. And so they're left with confusion because they look for natural circumstances or natural events to dictate to them the will of God and the voice of the Lord in their lives. But Jesus is clarifying what he means by hearing his voice. In verse 4, he said, when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. For they know his voice. Now he's not saying they hear it. Now he's saying they know it. So when he's speaking of hearing his voice in verse 3, is he talking about hearing it with the physical ears? He's talking about hearing it from your heart. Well, what is hearing it from your heart? It's knowing. It's not a sound on the inside. It's a knowing. He goes on in verse 5. He says, a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Now, Jesus is saying, remember, the contrast that he's making is between him and the devil, the thief and the robber, which is the devil, and himself as the good shepherd. And he's making the contrast, and the contrast is very simply this. He says, the believer, my sheep, in other words, the person that develops his spirit to be led by the Holy Ghost, the one that's going to to hear and follow the voice of God, is the one that knows on the inside of him what God is directing him to do. 1 John chapter 2, notice verse 20. John is writing to the church and he said, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Now the, um, uh, this word unction literally means a smearing or a rubbing on. It's, the, it's translated, the same word is translated anointing in verse 27. So what he's saying is there's a special ability of the Holy Ghost that every believer has to this end or that results in this. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things he didn't say you hear all things he didn't say you wonder about all things he said you have an unction from the holy one and you know all things notice in verse 27 he said but the anointing this is the same word unction in verse 20 but the anointing which you have received of him abides in you and you need not that any man teach you but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and it is no lie and even as it is taught you, you shall abide in him. Now, let's, let's pick this apart for a little bit. He said, you have something from the Holy Ghost, this anointing, this unction, this inward knowing from the Holy Ghost, and you don't need anybody to teach you. That doesn't mean teachers in the body of Christ aren't necessary. wouldn't make sense for God to set teachers in the church until we all come into the unity of the faith and then say, you don't need those. Well, when he's talking about you don't need anybody to teach you, what does he mean? He's talking about teaching you the voice of God or the direction of God for your own life. See, so many times people are looking to other believers to tell them what they think God wants them to do. Well, the most well-intentioned believer in the world, if they're not guiding you according to following your own heart, their advice is poor. Because we've got scripture that says that God will lead you, not somebody else for you. 
Nowhere in the Bible does it say as many as are led by other Christians, they're the sons of God. Nowhere does it say as many as are led by prophets, they are the sons of God. No, it says we're to be led by the Holy Ghost. Here's John expanding on that. He's saying we have something special from the Holy Ghost. Every believer has it. He said you have an unction from the Holy Ghost and the Holy One, you know all things. Every believer has it. He said every believer has something on the inside of them that causes them to know, not hear, but to know right from wrong, to know right from left, to know what they should do versus what they shouldn't do. Every believer has that, and you don't need somebody else to tell you what that is. In fact, they can't tell you what, what it is for you because they're not in your situation. The knowing they have on the inside concerning them and God's direction for their life is not going to be the same thing that God has planned or designed for yours. So you can't have somebody else teach you what God wants you to do for you. Now, notice something that Paul said. Turn with me over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We've looked at these scriptures before in this uh, series, but I want you to look at them in this context now. Remember, John said, by the Holy Ghost, he said, we have an unction from the Holy One and we know all things. How much is all things? That means you're never going to get into a situation where you're not going to know what to do if you stay sensitive to the voice of God. Now, again... God said, everybody knows. Not every believer knows that they know or is aware that they know because they're focused on other things. But notice what Paul said, talking about the same subject, getting to the same point. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, don't focus on natural things. Don't make the body your first priority. And, verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Everybody say transformed. What do you think God intends for the transformation to look like? If he's going to lead us by the Holy Ghost through our spirits, then wouldn't that transformation include spiritual development and spiritual sensitivity? And notice the Bible calls it a transformation. Why is it a transformation? Because everybody's focused on natural things. The spirit of this world will guide you toward natural things. Guide you toward things of the body, the things of the flesh. It'll guide you toward things of the intellect. Anything and everything except spiritual things. But he said, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice he says prove. The word prove means to determine by experience. In other words, we could substitute the word know here and understand it. That you may know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. By experience. What does he say brings us to that place? Renewing our mind to the word. I love this word renew because it literally means it comes from the original Greek word that means reversal by repetition. Reversal by repetition. What's he talking about? He's talking about saying the word of God. Speaking the word of God, which the Bible tells us is the form, Bible form of meditating. Meditating in the word means speaking the word. The more you speak the word of God, the more you make it a part of your spirit. What does it mean to make the word a part of your spirit? It means to renew your mind. It means to think in line with what God's word says. Turn with me to John chapter 8. Let me show you another verse of scripture along this line. John chapter 8, verse 
We'll read verses 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Notice these are believers. They can't be saved because he hadn't yet been to the cross. But they're accepting as, as the Messiah. He's just spoken before in the previous verses about being the one that the Bible speaks of as the Messiah. So he said, then Jesus, it says, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know. Everybody say no. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Where does the knowing of the truth come from? From the word. Jesus said in John chapter 17, when he's praying, John 17, 17, he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word of God is truth. This is what Jesus said about the Holy Ghost in John 16, verse 13. He said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. He'll guide you into all truth. Now, folks, there's a big difference between truth and facts. For example, I am certain, without asking for a show of hands, that every person here has at some point in time in their life told a lie. Then let me ask you a question. It is a fact, then, that you told a lie, that we've all told a lie. Does that make us a liar? No. Why not? Because there's more that goes into the truth than just facts. We know we've been in situations where we've heard of other people that have done things, maybe disloyal, uh, something that, where the facts would indicate that a loved one or a friend has been disloyal. But sometimes we've been in those situations where we stop and we say, wait a minute, even though it appears factually appears that they've been disloyal i know this person i know this person there must be more to the story so what do we do we don't judge the situation the entirety of the situation by the facts alone because truth involves a lot more than facts in a military setting military personnel and generals and leaders military leaders want to know what are the facts on the ground well, they find out what those are, and then they try to change or alter those conditions through military strategy and means. In the same way, the Word of God, which is truth, not fact, the Word of God, which is truth, can change the facts on the ground. Now, the truth can change the facts. The facts can't change the truth. The facts can hinder the truth from operating. The facts can keep if you accept the facts and the facts alone, those facts can keep the power of the Word of God from operating on your behalf. But the truth can change facts. The truth can change the facts. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth, not the spirit of facts. It doesn't even say He's the spirit of knowledge because most of the knowledge we think of is natural human knowledge based on the five physical senses. Now, just because I know that Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses and with his stripes I'm healed, that doesn't mean I feel like it's true. We oftentimes don't feel like the word of God is true. And the devil will always try to make sure that we try to, that he influences us to think that the word is not true. There is no equal time here on his part. His, his voice in my head is always, it's not working, it's not working, it's not working. If it's going to work, it would have worked by now. And things of the like. It's amazing how he gets information to you about failure. Folks, big difference between facts and truth. Big difference. The word of God is truth. Now Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth. 
and the truth will make you free. He didn't say the facts will influence you. He said you'll know the truth. The truth will supersede and in many cases contradict the facts. So what do you do? You have to make a choice. You're going to go by what you see and feel. You're going to go by what the word of God says. Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. That means if I'm going to allow my spirit to dominate my flesh, same thing for you and me, if we're going to allow our spirits to dominate our flesh, we're going to have to use the truth to change the facts. Now, the devil's right there saying, well, how long is it going to take? Well, it's going to take however long it takes. I'm not in this for a month. And as far as I'm concerned, if I have to believe forever, I'm going to believe God for something anyway. Why not this? And I firmly believe if you're willing to believe forever, you won't have to. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If you continue in my word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. How do we gain that knowledge? How do we gain that inward knowing? It comes one and only one way, folks, and that's through the word. That's the only answer there is. There's nothing else that has been created in the universe to fit, to feed, and to develop the spirit of man. It's the word of God. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Now, whatever somebody, you or me or somebody else might think of why Jesus healed the sick, Matthew eight seventeen tells us why he healed everybody that was sick. Jesus healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. You're looking in the future for something to happen. You need to turn around and look behind you and what the Bible says has already happened. Because behind you is the cross and on the cross Jesus shed his blood for your sins, for your peace, literally your financial well-being and your sickness. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. And people put themselves in bad, in, in difficult situations, untenable situations, because they want to try to confess something before people that don't believe. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 that the natural man can't receive the things of the Spirit of God. That means the natural man is not going to receive something about faith. I don't tell my banker what I'm believing for financially. Because <laughs> he doesn't care about what I'm believing for. He cares about what I can pay. And I never have understood that. I don't go to the doctor and say, well, doctor, I'm here believing God for my healing. If I go to the doctor, I'm going to look for the doctor's medical help and advice. I don't understand people having a, having a, a conflict with this. And some people will say, well, if we believe God for healing, what about taking your kids to the doctor? Man, if my kids need to go to the doctor, I'm taking them. Because whatever the doctor can do for my kids doesn't affect what I'm believing for anyway. Doctors treat symptoms. 
They can't get to the root cause of anything. Best thing they can do is find out if something's in the way, they'll cut it out. But then what? What are you going to do with whatever caused it to be there to begin with? I don't understand the the conflict in these areas. But then I've got good sense. And a lot of people, thank you, one person. (laughs) One person thinks so. But a lot of faith people don't seem to have good sense. You can't call it common sense anymore because it is not common. (laughs) But I don't understand the conflict. I don't understand the discrepancy that so many people have. Well, what what am I supposed to do? Folks, let me tell you something. I always go by what I know. In every situation, whenever I come to a place where I'm not sure about something, I'll stop and say, what do I know? Because what I know is the voice of God. Now, I may be in a situation where I don't have direction on which way to go. Do you know what that means? Don't go anywhere. Because I'm never going to get, if the Bible is true, and it is, you and I can never get into a situation where we have a decision to make. Do we go to the right hand? Do we go to the left hand? Which way do we go where we will not know? Now, if we're not aware... It means one of two things. It means we're either not being sensitive to the knowing on the inside or it means God hadn't told us yet. Either way, stay put. Stay put. Staying put is sometimes the hardest thing to do because everything around you and and every emotion you have is screaming, move, 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 move. Get out of this. Get out of this. David said in the Psalms, he said, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. It's always your mind that races. It's always your body that wants to get active. Well, we need to make our spirits active. That's one of the great, great, great benefits of speaking in other tongues. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We'll close with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul writing to the church, spirit-filled Christians, trying to instruct them on what they've got. Notice he said in verse 14, 1 Corinthians 14, 14, he said, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. You remember the Old Testament, uh, uh, what is it, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, or 5 or 6, one of those two verses. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. It's making the distinction between what you know on the inside and what you think with your mind. What you know on the inside and what you think with your mind. Paul tells you how to divide between those two right here. He said, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. My spirit prays. There is no other uh, uh, scripture. There is no other instruction. There is no other admonition anywhere in the Bible which tells you how to divide between your spirit and and your understanding like this verse does. Now, I'm not saying you can't pray from your spirit with a, with, uh, uh, in a known language or in a known tongue because you can't. But nowhere in the Bible does it distinguish how to separate the two like it does in this verse right here. And that's through praying in other tongues. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. My spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. In other words, 
Praying in other tongues is the exercise of your spirit. Well, isn't exercise important in development? You don't just put knowledge in your head. If you want to develop your mind, you have to test it. It's the exercise of that knowledge. Same thing's true physically. You don't just eat and eat and eat. You have to exercise. Wouldn't it be great if you could get fit just by eating? Most of us, you got that practiced down pretty well. But it's not just eating. It's exercising too. Well, why would spiritual development be any different? We feed on the word and we exercise our spirits. Why would it be any different? It's not. It's not a bit different. So Paul tells you how to exercise spiritually. He said, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Now notice back in in verse 2 of chapter 14. He said, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. I like Wayman's translation on this. Instead of mysteries, he says, howbeit in the spirit he speaks divine secrets. Divine secrets. Now, what happens when you speak in other tongues? Now, I'm not talking about praying in other tongues. I'm talking about speaking in other tongues for the purpose of edifying yourself in spiritual development. What happens when you speak in other tongues? You're bringing information from heaven, divine secrets from heaven, into your spirit that can affect or influence your mind. Your mind can, and many times will, pick up on the divine secrets that you're praying out in other tongues. And many times those divine secrets have to do with God's plan for your life. You can see how much of the church has forfeited some of the great direction that that God has provided to us by the Holy Ghost. Now, folks, I'm, I'm convinced that this is exactly what Paul did. We've talked about when Paul was in Ephesus, he purposed in the spirit to go to Jerusalem and after that to go to Rome. The Holy Ghost witnessed to him in every city that he was going to be taken captive in Jerusalem. He knew this. It didn't deter him whatsoever because he knew. How did he know? I believe he got it just the way he's telling us to get it. I believe he spent a lot of time, Paul said to the Corinthian church, who was crazy about speaking in tongues, Paul said, I speak with tongues more than you all. I speak with tongues more than you all. If he talked more than the Corinthians bunch, he did a lot of talking in tongues. Isn't that true? Well, what do you think Paul did that for? And isn't it interesting? I mean, here's another one of those coincidences. But isn't it interesting that the guy that had the greatest revelation of Jesus is the one that spent the most time speaking in another tongue? Why would that be? Because speaking in other tongues brings revelation. Because in the spirits you're speaking mysteries, divine secrets. Some of those secrets, as you develop your spirit, as you become more spiritually sensitive, some of those secrets will leak over into your mind or your understanding. It'll create a knowing on the inside of you. How did Paul know to go to Jerusalem? Jesus didn't appear to him and tell him to. Jesus appeared to him later on and told him he'd done the right thing. But how did he know? How did he know? He spent time in the presence of God and he gained direction. The Spirit of the Lord will order your steps. How does he order your steps? Does he send you you email? Wouldn't that be nice? No, he orders your steps by an inward witness, an inward knowing. 
Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And a stranger they don't know. The devil will make you wonder about a lot of things. He'll question you about a lot of things. But he'll never give you a knowing. Because he can't. He has no access to your spirit. But Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. It amazes me how many Christians say they can't hear from God. Because the Bible says you can. But they're going by their flesh. They're going by their feelings. They're saying, well, I don't feel like I hear from him. I'm not hearing in the way I'm expecting to hear, so I guess I don't hear from him at all. Jesus said that I'm always going to hear. Jesus said I'm always going to know. I'm going to stick with him. Even when it seems like I don't hear, even when it seems like I don't know, that's all the more reason to say I know his voice and a stranger I won't follow. When I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. In other words, it's bringing spiritual revelation, not mental knowledge, but spiritual revelation. It's bringing that inward knowing. And sometimes that inward knowing can communicate with your mind. And then it'll help, help confirm that too. Does this make any sense? My sheep know my voice. If you continue in my word, then you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You don't need anybody to teach you because of that inward knowing that you have. Whatever test you face, you're going to know what to do. Whatever decision you have to make, you're going to know what to do. You will always know if you put spiritual things first. Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's make a confession before we go. Say this after me. Jesus lives in my heart. Jesus is my good shepherd. He said that I hear and know his voice. And a stranger I will not follow. Jesus said that if I continue in the word, that I would know the truth. And the truth would make me free. Thank God that the knowledge of his word hidden in my heart brings me victory in every situation it brings me healing it brings me abundance it brings me peace by the witness of the Holy Ghost the spirit of truth guides me into all truth hallelujah hallelujah start saying that Start saying that the Holy Ghost guides you into all truth. Start saying that the Holy Ghost guides you into truth, into the truth of victory that Jesus has provided for you in every area of your life. It's the Holy Ghost's job to show you how to walk in victory. You'll just rely on him. That's his job. And he's good at his job. Amen. Say it with me. Thank God for the Holy Ghost who guides me into all truth. Amen. Jesus said that as one of his followers, you would hear and know his voice. When we come to realize that the inward witness is the inward knowing, then we can always rely on the work of the Holy Ghost to help us and to know God's plan for us. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb.
You need to be careful what comes out of your mouth, especially the first thing that comes out of your mouth. I had a friend in Bible school that used to say that out of the abundance of the heart, well, the scripture says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He used to change that around and say out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth slips. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.